0: Chapter twelve of Agnes Grey by Anne Bronte. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twelve The Shower The next visit I paid to Nancy Brown was in the second week in March. For though I had many spare minutes during the day, I seldom could look upon an hour as entirely my own, since where everything was left to the caprices of Miss Matilda and her sister, there could be no order or regularity. Whatever occupation I chose, were not actually busied about them or their concerns, I had, as it were, to keep my loins girded, my shoes on my feet, and my staff in my hand, for not to be immediately forthcoming when called for, was regarded as a grave and inexcusable offence, not only by my pupils and their mother, but by the very servant, who came in breathless haste to call me, exclaiming You are to go to the schoolroom directly, ma'am. The young ladies are waiting. Climax of horror! Actually waiting for the governess! But this time I was pretty sure of an hour or two to myself, for Matilda was preparing for a long ride, and Rosalie was dressing for a dinner-party at Lady Ashby's. So I took the opportunity of repairing to the widow's cottage, where I found her in some anxiety about her cat, which had been absent all day. I comforted her with as many anecdotes of that animal's roving propensities as I could recollect. "'I'm fear to the gamekeepers," said she that's all that i could think on if the young gentlemen had been at home i should have thought they'd been setting their dogs on her and worried her poor thing as they did many a poor thing's cat but i haven't that to be feared on now nancy's eyes were better but still far from well she had been trying to make a sunday shirt for her son but told me she could only bear to do a little bit at it now and then so that it progressed but slowly though the poor lad wanted it sadly so i proposed to help her a little after i had read to her for i had plenty of time that evening and need not return till dusk. She thankfully accepted the offer. "'And you'll be a bit of company for me too, miss,' said she. "'I like as I feel lonesome without my cat.' But when I had finished reading, and done the half of a seam, with Nancy's capacious brass thimble fitted onto my finger, by means of a roll of paper, I was disturbed by the entrance of Mr. Weston, with the identical cat in his arms. I now saw that he could smile, and very pleasantly too.
1: "'I've done you a piece of good service, Nancy.'
0: he began then seeing me he acknowledged my presence by a slight bow i should have been invisible to hatfield or any other gentleman of those parts
1: i've delivered your cat
0: he continued
1: from the hands or rather the gun of mr murray's gamekeeper
0: god bless you sir cried the grateful old woman ready to weep for joy as she received her favorite from his arms
1: take care of it said he and don't let it go near the rabbit warren for the gamekeeper swears he'll shoot it if he sees it there again he would have done so to-day if i had not been in time to stop him i believe it is raining miss grey
0: added he more quietly observing that i had put aside my work and was preparing to depart
1: don't let me disturb you i shan't stay two minutes you'll both stay while the shower gets over
0: said nancy as she stirred the fire and placed another chair beside it what there's room for all i can see better here thank you nancy replied i taking my work to the window, where she had the goodness to suffer me to remain unmolested, while she got a brush to remove the cat's hairs from Mr. Weston's coat, carefully wiped the rain from his hat, and gave the cat its supper, busily talking all the time, now thanking her clerical friend for what he had done, now wondering how the cat had found out the warren, and now lamenting the probable consequences of such a discovery. He listened with a quiet, good-natured smile, and at length took a seat in compliance with her pressing invitations— but repeated that he did not mean to stay
1: i have another place to go to said he and i see
0: glancing at the book on the table
1: someone else has been reading to you
0: yes sir miss gray has been as kind as read me a chapter and now she's helped me with the shirt for our bill but i'm feared she'll be cold there won't you come to the fire miss no thank you nancy i'm quite warm i must go as soon as the shower is over oh miss you said you could stop while dusk cried the provoking old woman and mr weston seized his hat nay sir exclaimed she
1: pray don't go now while it rains so fast but it strikes me i'm keeping your visitor away from the fire
0: no you're not mr weston replied i hoping there was no harm in a falsehood of that description no sure cried nancy why there's lots of room miss grey said he half jestingly as if he felt it necessary to change the present subject whether he had anything particular to say or
1: not I wish you could make my peace with the squire when you see him. He was by when I rescued Nancy's cat, and did not quite approve of the deed. I told him I thought he might better spare all his rabbits than she her cat, for which audacious assertion he treated me to some rather ungentlemanly language, and I fear I retorted a trifle too warmly
0: oh lawful sir i hope you didn't fall out with the maister for the sake of my cat he cannot bite answering again can the maister
1: oh it's no matter nancy i don't care about it really i said nothing very uncivil and i suppose mr murray is accustomed to use rather strong language when he's heated ay sir it's a pity and now i really must go i have to visit a place a mile beyond this and you would not have me return in the dark "'Besides, it has nearly done raining now. "'So good evening, Nancy. "'Good evening, Miss Gray.'
0: "'Good evening, Mr. Weston. "'But don't depend upon me for making your peace with Mr. Murray, "'for I never see him. "'To speak to.'
1: "'Don't you? It "'Can't be helped, then,'
0: replied he, in dolorous resignation. "'Then, with a peculiar half-smile, he added,
1: "'But never mind. "'I imagine the squire has more to apologise for than I.'
0: "'And left the cottage.' I went on with my sewing as long as I could see, and then bade Nancy good-evening, checking her too lively gratitude by the undeniable assurance that I had only done for her what she would have done for me, if she had been in my place, and I in hers. I hastened back to Horton Lodge, where, having entered the schoolroom, I found the tea-table all in confusion, the tray flooded with slops, and Miss Matilda in a most ferocious humour. Miss Gray, whatever have
1: you been about?
0: I've had tea half an hour ago, and had to make it myself, and drink it all alone. I wish you would come in sooner. I've been to see Nancy Brown. I thought you would not be back from your ride. How could I ride in the rain, I should like to know.
1: The damned pelting shower was vexatious enough, coming on when I was just in full swing, and then to come and find nobody into tea, and you know I can't make the tea
0: as I like it i didn't think of the shower replied i and indeed the thought of its driving her home had never entered my head no of course you were under shelter yourself and you never thought of other people i bore her coarse reproaches with astonishing equanimity even with cheerfulness for i was sensible that i had done more good to nancy brown than harm to her and perhaps some other thoughts assisted to keep up my spirits and impart a relish to the cup of cold overdrawn tea and a charm to the otherwise unsightly table, and—I had almost said—to Miss Matilda's unamiable face. But she soon betook herself to the stables, and left me to the quiet enjoyment of my solitary meal. End of chapter 12.